Hello everybody and welcome back to Sleepy Time Story Times. I know I said I'd be doing this at night, but I just couldn't wait. <clears throat> I'm reading first Bible story stories. The Old Testament, Genesis 1 to 2. And so the world began. Long, long ago, before time began, there were no rivers or mountains, no streams or hills. <clears throat> There was nothing to see at all but darkness, but God was there, and into and into this darkness, God commanded light. So the very first day began. Then God started to make the seas, and in between the seas, He made dry land, covering it with all kinds of plants. Over all this, God placed a dazzling sun to shine by day and a shivering moon to shine by night. He studded the sky with billions of twinkling stars, and so the world began. Then God filled the seas with a fish of many colors. He added creeping crabs, sly sharks, and huge wallowing whales. Above the land, he made birds soar, soup, and dive, dip, and loop. Beautiful butterflies, busy bees, and bustling bats filled the air. All over the land, God made animals of every kind. He made them to gallop and trot, lope and hop. Then God created the very first man and woman, Adam and Eve, trusting them to care for all the creatures. Everything was happy and contented. It had taken six days to complete this new world. So on the seventh day, God decided to set it apart as a day of rest, the Sabbath no longer perfect in one special place god laid out a garden for adam and eve to live in it was full of lovely lovely lush plants and fantastic flowers sparkling streams bubbled up from the ground and every tree was covered with delicious fruit for adam and eve to eat so many different types of animals lived in the garden that it took adam and eve that it took adam many hours to give each a name Gecko, gibbon, giraffe, gorilla, hare, hippo, horse, hyena. Adam and Eve listed happily in the, lived happily in the Garden of Eden, caring for it and the creatures that lived there. They had everything they needed. In the center of the garden grew a special tree. It was called the Tree of Knowledge. God made it very clear that this tree was different to all the others. You must not eat the fruit of this tree, God warned Adam and Eve. You can eat fruit from all the others, but if you eat fruit from this one, bad things will happen. And for a time, Adam and Eve did as they were told. But there was a cunning snake living in the Garden of Eden who wanted to play a trick on Eve. One day, the snake saw Eve standing by the Tree of Knowledge. It slithered up to her, whispering softly, Look at the lovely fruit. I mustn't touch it, said Eve. Smell how sweet it is, the snake hissed. God told us to leave it, al- leave it alone, Eve protested. Ha, laughed the snake. God doesn't want you to know the things he does, the things that are good and the things that are evil. Eve looked at the delicious fruit, wondering what, would it, what it would be like to know all that God knew. Reaching out, she picked a juicy fruit, a juicy looking fruit, and took a bite. Then she passed it to Adam for him to, 
then she passed it to Adam for him to try. From that moment on, things started to go wrong. When God spoke to Adam and Eve that night, he knew what they had done. He was angry, and he told them to leave the garden at once. As Adam and Eve left, God sent an angel to stop them from returning. When they had lived in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had had everything they needed, and they would never have grown old there. Now, all that had changed. They had to work hard and knew that one day they would die. God's world was no longer perfect. Two sons, Cain and Abel. After they left the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. As they grew older, Cain worked on the land, growing food, while Abel took care of the sheep. One day, the two brothers decided to offer some gifts to God. Cain gave food from his harvest while Abel gave him a lamb. But God was only pleased with Abel's gift. He had looked into the hearts of both brothers and saw that Abel was good and honest, while Cain was evil and angry. Cain was furious and jealous of his brother, decided to kill him. So one day, Cain suggested to Abel that they should go walking. While they were out, Cain killed his brother. He thought no one had seen him, but God had. When God asked Cain where Abel was, he lied and said, I don't know. You've done a terrible thing, said God. You cannot stay any more in this land. This is this punishment is too much, cried Cain. You are driving me from my land and your presence. People will want to kill me for what I have done. No, said God. I won't allow that to happen. I will make sure no one harms you. Cain left his home, never to return, and went to live in a land called Wandering for the rest of his life. A fresh start. As the years passed, God's people grew more and more evil. He looked at the world and saw that it was not as he wanted it to be, so God decided to put an end to it all. The world needed a fresh start. God would send a huge flood to wash every bad thing away, but he intended to save Noah, who was a good, kind man, and his family. So God gave Noah very careful instructions and told him to prepare for the flood. He told Noah to build an enormous boat called an ark. Everyone laughed at Noah because there was no open water for miles, but Noah ignored them. For months, he went on building until he had to make a, until he had made an ark so huge that it was as high as the tallest house. When the boat was finished, Noah filled it with enough food to last a very long time. Then he gathered t- together two of every kind of animal in the world and led them into the ark. On and on stretched the line with creatures slithering and sliding, crawling and creeping, plodding and prancing, until, at last, they were all on board. When Noah, his wife, and the rest of Noah's family had joined them, God shut the door tight and safe behind them. Then it began to rain. Soft drizzle fell at first. Then it began to fall faster and harder, beating down on the earth like an enormous drum. Streams turned into rivers, and rivers flowed into seas, and then the seas all joined together as one. The water spread and rose across God's earth until there was not a single mountaintop to be seen. All the people and animals drowned beneath the waves. For forty days and forty nights it rained and it rained, and with nothing to see but water, the world felt a very sad and lonely place. At last the rain stopped, and the the water began to go down. 
Noah opened a window and sent out a raven, but water still covered everything and the raven didn't return. Noah waited a while then released a dove, but it soon came back because the water was still too high. When Noah tried again, the dove returned carrying a bright new olive leaf on its beak. Noah knew that the water was going down and that the plants and trees must be growing again. When Noah sent the dove out once more, it didn't come back. The flood had completely gone. He opened the doors of the ark and the animals poured out onto dry land. Never again will I destroy all living things by a flood, God promised Noah. Whenever you see a rainbow in the sky, think of my promise and be sure I will keep it. The Tallest Tower In the years after the great flood, Noah's family grew bigger and bigger and bigger. There were grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and great-great-grandchildren. They began to fill all the corners of the world as God had wanted them to do. The language that they all spoke, however, remained the same, so that everyone could still talk with one another. One group made their home in a place called Babylonia. Slowly, they learned new skills, like how to make bricks. They used their, their they used tar to stick the bricks together and build their homes with them. One day, someone suggested that they should build the tallest tower that anyone had ever seen. This would make them famous all over the earth, so work soon began. God watched the walls of his tower grow higher and higher, and he was very sad. He knew that this was that this now meant that people only wanted to make themselves important and ground and grand. They would think that they, they would think they were just as great as God. They would get bigger and bigger ideas and become as wicked as people were before the great flood. God didn't waste any time. The people needed to be taught. The people needed to be able to talk to each other in order to finish this tower. If they spoke in different languages and couldn't explain their ideas to one another, building would have to stop. So God made all his people speak in many languages and sent them to live in other countries around the world. Father of a great nation. So it came about that one of Noah's descendants, Abraham, settled in a place called Haran. Abraham was a good man who still believed in God. He and his wife Sarah were both quite old and had no children of their own. One day, God told Abraham to leave the land that he thought of as home and to move to a country called Canaan. If you place your trust in me, God said, I will make you the father of a great nation. Abraham did trust God. So he packed up everything he owned and set off with Sarah, his servants and shepherds, and his nephew Lot for an unknown land. It was a difficult journey, and it was many years before Abraham and his people could finally settle. Finally, Abraham and his people finally settled in Canaan. Things went for a while until one day Abraham realized that there was not enough food and water for everyone. He agreed that Lot and his family should have should move to the lush lands below while he and Sarah stayed where the grounds were poor. When Lot had gone, God spoke to Abraham, I will give you all the land you can see, and it will be yours forever, said God. You will have as many children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren as there are stars in the sky, and you will be the father of a great nation that will last through the ages. One day, a few years later, Abraham saw three men approaching him. 
Abraham offered them freshly baked bread, roasted meat, milk, and cream. After the meal, the men told Abraham and Sarah, You will have a baby, son. In nine months, Sarah laughed. Surely she was too old to have a child. But nine months went by, and God's promise came true. Sarah and Abraham had a son, Isaac. When he was born, Abraham recalled that God had told him that his children would form the beginning of a great nation. Abraham knew that one day this would be true. The right wife for Isaac. This is going to be the last chapter. Time passed, and Isaac grew up into a fine young man. After Sarah died, Abraham decided that Isaac should marry. He sent for his most trusted servant. You must go to my home country, said Abraham. Find Isaac a wife. She must be someone from my own people. What if the girl doesn't want to come back here? Asked the servant. Shall I take Isaac with me to your homeland? No, Abraham told them firmly. This land is part of God's plan for my people. If the girl won't come, I'll turn without her. So cameras were loaded and the servant set out on the long journey. At last, the servant arrived at the place place where Abraham's brother Nahor lived. It was late in the afternoon and the camels were very tired. The servant settled the weary camels down to rest at the town while they began to pray. The rest of the town while they began to pray. Please God, help me to do what Abraham asked. Soon the woman will come to fetch water from the well. I, I shall ask one of them to give me a drink. If she's thoughtful enough to bring water for the camels too, she will be the right wife for Isaac. Suddenly, the servant looked up and saw a beautiful girl carrying a water jar. The servant watched the girl fill her jar with water and then asked for her for a drink. She gave her the jar and ran to fetch some water for the camel. Would it be possible, he asked, for me to stay the night at your father's house? I'm sure it would be, she replied, saying that she was Noah's granddaughter, Rebecca. The servant thanked God for leading him straight to Abraham's family. Rebecca ran home to tell every, everyone what had happened. Her brother, Laban, welcomed the stranger and prepared f- food for him. Then the servant explained the reason for his journey. Rebecca's family understood that God intended Rebecca to be Isaac's wife. Next morning, Abraham's servant was eager to set off for home. Although it meant leaving her family and going to live far away, Rebecca agreed to go with him. She said goodbye to everyone, and then the two of them began the long journey back to Canaan. It was evening time when Isaac first saw the train of camels approaching his home. Isaac tried to listen to the old servant telling the story of his journey, but he hardly heard. He was too busy staring at the beautiful girl who had traveled so far to be his wife. They were married soon after, and Isaac loved Rebecca very much. Um, that was the last chapter of the book. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll see you, see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.